This is one of the stranger stories of Mark's gospel, which is saying something even for Mark. One commentator referred to it as a Markan sandwich. It starts with the observation by Jesus' relatives who think he has gone mad. And then there's this very confusing conversation between Jesus and the scribes about Satan and blasphemy and forgiveness of sins. And then the story returns to the other half of the sandwich. And we have the family scene once again and Jesus' apparent rejection of his family in favor of those who actually pay attention to his teaching. It appears that Jesus is healing people at such a pace that neither he nor his disciples have time to eat. Which is a little surprising, since there are so many stories about Jesus eating, it seems to have been a favorite pastime of his. But notice that the emphasis is focused on Jesus and his frenzied behavior. And the contention that he is out of his mind and he needs to be rescued from the crowd. And even more amazing is the possibility that he himself is doing the work of Satan. Nobody in this story thinks to ask about the people who have been healed or if there are others who need to be helped or if there's any way they can assist Jesus in doing this work. The focus is on Jesus' sanity or the lack of sanity. And the questions seem to be who in their right mind would be doing what he is doing with such passion and compassion? Who would be touching the people that he touches? Who would be forgiving the ones he forgives? Or including the ones he finds on the edges of the community to be his disciples? Instead of stretching their minds to accept the possibility of the remarkable mercy of God taking place right there in their midst, they turn their displeasure against the very vehicle of God's love, the messenger of an unconditional mercy, the one who called himself the Good Shepherd. And so the question remains, who is going to help the people Jesus came to heal and to love? Who indeed? First, we need to be clear that God is passionate about those who are often ignored, those who are left behind, those who just want to belong, those who are hungry, those who struggle with addictions, those who suffer, those who are weary from all manner of realities in life. And that includes ourselves. 
and people that we know, as well as those who are in refugee camps, at borders, and next door. And second, we need to be clear that we cannot do all of this on our own. We can't take care of everyone. That's why God created community. Adam and Eve were the first community. Created, one of the other stories of creation says, to be helpmates. Now, that didn't go so well initially. But God was not deterred. As the psalmist reminds us, God does not mark our iniquities. For God, there is mercy and fullness of redemption. God empowers us through forgiveness. And that's what Jesus was doing in his ministry. He starts a new family. He even invites the pesky scribes into the house, into the circle of those he wants to teach. The circle where they who want to help are gathered. Those who will take up the mission of wholeness instead of division. And if those who are outside, like his own family, cannot receive this new teaching, then they too will need to move toward conversion. His simple message is this. Mission creates family. Mission creates community. A shared mission creates a focused community. As one writer once said, there are no enlightened people, only enlightened behavior. When a rescue worker saves a family from a capsizing refugee boat, goodness happens. When a 10-year-old who is on the inside of the crowd walks across the playing field to take a 10-year-old who is on the outside of the crowd, God smiles. When a firefighter braves the flames to rescue an elderly resident, there is light in the darkness. When a co-worker shares her story of grief so that her friend will not feel alone in her grief, a family is born. When strangers attack the rubble of an earthquake to find survivors, a new community takes shape. As a people, we all do these things because we want to want what God wants. We want to want what God wants. Healing and wholeness. No matter how jaded we might become or how difficult it is to see through the challenges. As Flannery O'Connor, the novelist, once said, when the sun hits the trees a certain way, 
even the meanest of them sparkles. Paul puts it this way. When grace is bestowed in abundance on more and more people, it causes thanksgiving to overflow for the glory of God. That's what Jesus was doing. That's what he did. And they thought he was crazy. If that's what it takes to be his brother and his sister, then we all should give it a try. <laughs>